I also found this article that Jack is has a tequila finished whiskey. Oh, really? I don't know if it seems like it's kind of a distillery. Oh, yeah, it's a distillery series release. Yeah, they do have some different finishes available there. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know why they don't just put that stuff out. It's not like they have a shortage of whiskey on hand. <laughs> mm-hmm, right. <laughs> about bourbon and the ones who drink it. This is Bourbon Matters. Welcome to Bourbon Matters. I'm Jake. And I am the second Jake. And uh, we're short of Dan today, but that's all right. Jake squared. So we're going to have a really (laughs) good podcast for you guys today. (laughs) No Dan no, means no arguing, to have more fun. Just, just peace and quiet and the truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today we are trying Barrel Batch 35, which is the new release from Barrel. Uh, they were nice enough to send us samples, um, and I believe it just started hitting shelves um, in like the past week, so it should be available to buy. Um, so keep an eye out for it and, uh, we'll give our thoughts on it in a little bit. Yeah. Um, Gold Eagle just got it in. If anyone's looking for it, I think we have a couple bottles left, but we should be getting some more next week. But yeah, big shout out to Barrelcraft for sending us these samples and that had nothing to do with the Gold Eagle connection. That was all bourbon matter. So I guess we're moving up there and becoming pretty big time in the podcast world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, they had sent us some stellum samples i think last year um of the hunter's moon and the um uh the 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 other rye or the why can't i think of it lone cypress yeah lone cypress okay. i knew it had something to do with trees <laughs> yeah um, something to do with so the, yeah, that was, with the atmosphere whatever yeah, that was nice, too. Um, th- both of those were pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to try this one because um, I, I haven't touched it yet. Um, but before we jump into the barrel, we got a couple news stories that we think are noteworthy. Um, on the release side of things, uh, Whistle Pig will be coming out with a straight wheat whiskey, uh, which is interesting. Um, they're obviously known for their rye and I think up to this point have exclusively released rye of various they types. They do they did come out with a bourbon um about a year ago. It was like the piggyback bourbon um to also go with the oh. piggyback rye. Um but yeah, you don't really mm-hmm. see and I think they might have done like a some kind of farm stock bourbon maybe in the past, but um yeah. interesting that they're coming out of out with a uh, wheat whiskey um i don't know i haven't really gotten too into the wheat whiskeys and i've i've tried many different ones uh mostly i would say probably from old elk because we've gotten a lot of mm-hmm. nine-year ten-year samples from them of wheat whiskey and it's just a much different kind of taste than what we're used to with bourbon and to me it's a little off-putting and we kind of saw that too with the uh um i'm blanking on a heaven hill barrel proof wheat whiskey bernheim 
when that oh, came yeah, out. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of hype and excitement about that. And then when people tasted it, it was quite different from what they're used to since it's not a bourbon. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we've we've kind of touched on that before. Yeah, we wheat whiskey in general to me is a little bit. Uh, there's not as much exciting like flavor going on. Uh, so I, I tend to dislike it compared to rice and bourbons. Yeah. Um, typically it's, it's just a little too dry cause you don't get mm-hmm. that corn that, you know, the reason why most of us love bourbon is cause it has that sweetness from the corn, yeah. um, which is what you're lacking in wheat whiskey. I, I kind of compare wheat whiskey to like American single malts. I hope American single malts take off more, but I think they're kind of at the same pace right now where, you know, the, majority of bourbon drinkers haven't really gotten into them and um you know cared for them too much yeah from what i've seen yeah um so up next uh we've got a new release from jefferson's uh which is humidity aged bourbon um and uh this is another one that we might have to do a follow-up on gimmicks because mm-hmm. <laughs> they're kind of the kings of gimmicks at this point. <laughs> what did uh what did we end up saying on Jefferson's the first time around? Did we say it? I think we said it wasn't a gimmick, but it was like very borderline. Yeah, it was the the ocean is the ocean is, is pretty gimmicky. Um mm-hmm. but it, it's just it's hard to say. Or no, we did actually, say it was a gimmick, right? Because I think we settled on we we like we gimmick. like the yeah, because I think we like the regular reserve release just as much if they're and that bottle yeah. was a lot cheaper and it's basically the ocean without being taken out on the ocean. Yeah. But I don't know. See, this one is interesting. Um if Dan was here, we'd probably get into an argument right now. But um <laughs> I like I like the the idea of it. Um when we posted it on our social media, I had a customer reach out and say, this is so gimmicky. Um, but I actually almost disagree a little bit um, because I think it will be really cool to taste the same bourbon aged in different climates. If you actually collected mm-hmm. all these tropic series or whatever, you know, whatever they're calling the series, if you collected each one and then to be able to sit down and taste six different bourbons that are all exactly the same, except for, the location that they aged, I think that's also, you know, that's a very cool little tasting to do. Yeah. And that kind of takes us back to our uh, investment episode where we kind of talked about the value of verticals. Yeah. And like, that's a pretty interesting vertical and, and it's something that you rarely get to experience the same exact product aged in different environments. I don't think like anyone else has done that. Yeah. As far as I know, not that I can, not the exact same whiskey, but aged in different places. Mm -hmm. Um, there might be different releases, but, um, you know, like the guy who put the barrels in the RV or whatever, drove them around, um, the highway bourbon, um, yeah, the highway. Um, so there's kind of like different variations of because the second release of that is going to be aged in different climates. But um, this is taking the exact same bourbon, no other factors and just aging them in different climates. And I think I think that's cool. I think is it a little gimmicky to buy one and, and drink and will it taste better than the regular Jefferson's off the shelf? Maybe or maybe not. 
Um, but I think if you do collect this whole series, it, that would be a very cool tasting to go through all those in one sitting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of one that's worth looking into. Um, and would definitely, I think be worth the, the effort to collect. Yeah. Um, because we actually tried, tried the, this first one uh, on Friday and it was pretty good. Yeah, it was good. I, th- I, I, uh, I like it better than the average ocean release. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a little higher proof. It's 104 proof. So it gives you a little more. But right. Yeah. Um, so then the, the last story, which I was trying to pull up, but then they wanted me to subscribe. Um, so give me a second here. <laughs> subscribe to Bourbon Matters though, guys. Yeah. Don't subscribe to nice, articles. Nice segue. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Molson Coors beverage company, famous for Coors and Coors Light, obviously, um, has bought Blue Run Spirits, uh, which is an interesting uh, transition into the spirits segment for for that brand um i think they do have a couple other spirit brands that they own um but not they're not anywhere close to like a diageo or you know one of those kind of conglomerates yeah and they're kind of new too like they just came out with that barman bourbon um within all within i think the last six months to a year um but i think mm-hmm. it's I, th- I think it's a, a good move on their part. Um, obviously, uh, you know, spirits are kind of taking over specifically American whiskey compared to what it was 20 years ago. A lot of beer drinkers are getting into the spirits world and not going back as mm-hmm. much. Um, and I think this is kind of comparable to like MGP buying Penelope. They're buying an established brand. Yep. There's no point in them to try and come out with their own brand because um, they just haven't distilled spirits before. They'd have to pay big, big money to bring in, you know, people that know how to make bourbon, how to how to monitor it, um, how to sell it. Um, and here mm-hmm. they're buying an established brand to just get themselves right in. And this is supposed to be like a very high, you know, high tech state of the art distillery that they're building at Blue Run. We talked about this on a previous episode. Yeah. Yeah, they they just I think started construction on this like massive distillery um designed by like a world famous architect and yeah, it's going to be, you know, uh rivaling the uh Bardstown, you know, uh distillery in terms of like technological advancement and stuff. So it's definitely an interesting uh decision um I think Blue Run it would I would call almost like an ultra premium yeah. whiskey brand um i don't think they have any bottles under 80 dollars no. <laughs> that, that they offer and they're young um, too and new but yeah yeah i mean i guess a little surprising because like they aren't as blue run isn't as established but with the money that they're putting into that facility you gotta believe that they're gonna draw a big crowd uh lots of attention and obviously they're gonna have a ton mm-hmm. of visitors um, at the distillery. So I think that's more yeah. so where they're looking than, um, you know, an established brand per se. Right. Yeah. Probably a good move mm-hmm. on, uh, on the part of cores. 
uh, to pick a brand that's, you know, they do have a pretty solid following um, at Blue Run. And uh, I, I'm i a big fan of their rye releases that I've tried. Um, I think way back in the day, like up, up, before episode 10, I think <laughs> uh, we tried the high rye Blue Run. Um, and I don't think any of us were particular fans of it. Um, uh, however, I've tried most of the rise that they've put out and all of them have been fantastic. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Um, I think they actually work with castle and key too on contract distilling. That um, would make sense. Yeah. But I, I think I, so too. I think, I think some of their distilling is done at Bardstown as well, mm-hmm. uh, currently, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens when they start distilling their own, um, and uh how they what they get out of this what i mean there's no dollar value on this on this buy buyout but i'm sure they got a large cash yeah and i'm I'm sure they're gonna let blue run you know whoever was running blue run before they're they're not gonna replace them they're gonna let them keep doing their thing um it's more of like a dip into the industry um because as i said before like they don't Mm -hmm. know how to distill and if they did want to um you know start a distillery from scratch that's going to cost them a heck of a lot more than buying a distillery right now just with the people that you're going to have to bring in and the time that you're going to have to wait to you know start selling the whiskey and yeah so good move i think it's a good move yeah uh speaking of new facilities i think uh you were saying that barrel actually mm. is building a new facility right yeah i believe it like just opened or it's just about to open but um they just they just are wrapping up um a new state-of-the-art distillery let's see the article here um so it's about 15 miles east of where they're currently located um and it's going to bring massive upsizing offering five times the blending capacity of the current place um, it'll have eight blending tanks, including four 6,000 gallon and four 8,000 gallon tanks compared to the current two 6,000 gallon tanks. So they're ramping up big time. Um, mm-hmm. it was originally a $3.2 million project and now it's grown to 15 million. So they're sparing Ooh, no wow. expense, um, going all in on this. And on top of this, they also bought a very old Rick house, um, Let's see. So 7th Street Road in Shively, um, built in 1940. Um, I thought I read somewhere that this was like one of the oldest Rick houses built that's still standing. I mean, it looks very old. Um, but the Rick house is cool because this will give them their first um, place to actually age whiskey and let stuff mature. Um, whereas before mm-hmm. they were mostly getting barrels in, blending. Um, so this is going to bring a whole new aspect to uh, barrel craft. And it looks like they actually bought the Rick House from Angel's Envy. Um, so, yeah, that's a oh, okay. lot of cool things happening right now for for the whole whiskey industry and especially uh, barrel craft spirits. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah, so let's talk about Batch 35 a little bit. Um, it's a six-year age statement, 117.5 proof. It's distilled 
from uh, Indiana, Kentucky, and Tennessee distilleries. And obviously, Barrel is a blending house, so they acquire those barrels and blend them. Um, this is actually, I think, one of the first ones that doesn't have something outside of Indiana, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Oh yeah, I haven't, I haven't uh, been paying too much attention on the last couple blends or batches, but a, a, a lot of them have like Wyoming, yeah, like some like random. I mean, you know, some of them, thrown in. some of them have like ten different states thrown in yeah. there. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is. Uh, so yeah, batch thirty-five. I'm sure most of our listeners know, but Barrel obviously does a lot of different releases. Um, the one thing that they've stayed consistent with since day one is coming out with these batch releases, um, and it feels like they should be a lot higher than thirty-five. But um, I don't know. I guess uh, they haven't been around for too too long. Um, but it already won a gold medal um, at. I, I, Mm-hmm. world whiskey fest i don't know something um tons of whiskey fests out there to win medals in these days and um but yeah. either way it did win a gold medal so take that for uh for what you get from it um and i'm actually i warmed up with a little bit of our barrel nine year mgp single barrel that we picked so i have nice plug. Yep, mm-hmm, i've been sipping on that for a little bit <laughs> Um, now I'm going to jump over to this new sample. And, um, what's also interesting about the barrel, uh, samples is most of the ones before about batch 20, um, were usually like nine or 10 years age stated, and then they kind of dropped. And recently it's been a five years as the minimum age, which we talked about it before. There's nothing wrong with a lower age statement. Sometimes that younger whiskey just brings a little more depth and other flavors that you won't get out of older whiskey. Yep. And I, I think we, in our episode about, um, blending, we talked, you know, a little bit about MGP and how the MGP reserves seem to be, um, almost gone, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess. Um, but they don't, they don't have as much of that, like ultra aged kind of stuff like they did a few years ago. Correct. Um, so, you know, some of these blending houses are, are probably starting to look elsewhere. Um, look elsewhere or for, for some you of know, that find stuff. ways to make a little bit younger whiskey pop and help the blend. Um, you know, you get a lot yeah. more, a lot more liveliness and fruitiness and younger whiskey um, sometimes can come with like a stringent effect. And that's kind of why, you know, most people are afraid mm-hmm. of it. But when you're using it to blend with older whiskey, um, you know, it kind of levels itself out. But yeah. let's dive into the whiskey. Yeah. So I'm having a real hard time smelling today. Hmm. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of like, so I'm just deep charred oak and like maybe a little bit of cinnamon spice and baking spices. Yeah, I was gonna say a little bit of uh, like baking spices, mm-hmm. like toasted, heavy toast. Yeah, Graham that's cracker. about all I can pull out of it, unfortunately. <laughs> Not a whole lot of fruit, but I could see maybe like a blackberry being in here, some kind of something dark. Um, but still pretty dry. On the palate, it's a lot of. The uh, like gold standard bourbon flavors, getting like some car- caramel vanilla. Um, there's not too much oak presence. No, 
that I'm getting. Um, like but it's, much it's, less it's than there. what I got on the nose, much less than I would expect. And I'm getting uh, maybe a little less spice and a little more like creamy vanilla flavors than I was yep. expecting from the nose. Yeah, um, it's kind of, uh, it's got like a, it's, it feels kind of thick. Um, it's, it's the viscosity is on the thicker it's very end, balanced in too. my opinion. Yeah. The flavor, you know, it's, it's not one of those journey pours. It's one of those, I just had a, a long day and I want to pour some whiskey in my glass that, uh, is going <laughs> to taste really good. And that's what this is. Yeah. Um, there's not really a whole lot to dissect. It's just a really good bourbon and um i also think some of the more recent batches might have been lower proof um and 117 i think this drinks like it's about 110 there's not a lot of heat yeah. at all coming with this one yeah definitely drinks under its proof mm -hmm. um i do i do get a little bit of like some kind of like fruit or something like I that. I get a little bit palette. of orange. There's like some lighter flavors in there. I'm getting yeah. a little bit of orange. Yeah, like, I was going to say it's it's kind of like the rind, yeah. orange rind or orange zest. Exactly. Like. Just a little zest sprinkled in there. Yeah, it's like the it's, it really reminds me a lot of like an old-fashioned mm -hmm. if you didn't have sugar in it. I agree. I was just going to say this, <laughs> this would make a phenomenal old-fashioned. You probably wouldn't really need too much sweetener, maybe like a drop of maple syrup, but, um, no, it's a really good, really good bourbon, um, all around. It doesn't taste young at all. It tastes well-aged. Um, so I'm sure there's some 10, maybe 11 year stuff in here as well. Mm -hmm. I think they might say actually on some of these, they say. Yeah. I mean, overall, I think this is a, this is a solid one. Um, I know, uh, every once in a while they like hit some kind of like magic yeah. <laughs> with these blends. Um, like, uh, I think it's batch 30 is the one that my wife like loves. <laughs> um, and it's, it's almost like, uh, it's like breakfast in a bottle. It tastes like waffles and maple syrup and, uh, it's it's like absolutely phenomenal. Um and then there's that I can't remember which batch it is, but one of them is kind of like a candy corn type thing going on. Um that I think we tried that at one of the master classes uh last year, I think it was. Um yeah, this one's much more in the vein of like a classic bourbon profile. Yeah, so I'm actually looking through um, the batches right now, and uh, it I'm all the way back to 25 now, and this is the highest proof that has come out in the last 10 batches. Um, oh, wow. And it's also, so it's 6, 7, 8, and 13-year-old barrels. Hmm. So you can definitely... So those are pretty, pretty Yeah, high. you can definitely tell that 13 years in there. Cause it, it, it kind of rounds the whole thing out and gives you the Oak that you're missing, but it doesn't, it doesn't taste like the Oak is taken over. Yeah. Yeah. This doesn't taste like the, uh, 
like the knob 18 no no uh -uh. or like something like that you know that where it's it tastes like wood in a glass Um, it's this is really well balanced it is and for those um, wondering for for those age statements for those who follow awards it was the san francisco world spirits competition where this took a gold already so i know some people don't care at all about that but um just throwing it out there (laughs) for what it is yeah Mm, wow this is this might be the highest proof that they've ever released on one of their batches yeah 117 i mean it's not crazy no it's not it's in in terms of overall but if you're gonna blend um it's kind of it's. I would imagine it's kind of hard to get anything higher than like one twenty. Yeah, especially with bourbon, um, if you're not blending in, like a lot of their whiskey releases have light whiskey in them, and those can get up to a hundred and thirty plus proof. Um, but with mm-hmm. bourbon, it seems okay. So batch ten was one hundred and twenty two proof. Um, other than that, up until now, they've all been under one seventeen. So interesting. Mm-hmm. And they've kind of, yeah, they've kind of grown as they've went. Um, but yeah, cause I usually think a barrel, even though they are cash strength, when it comes to American whiskeys, they're usually around like 110. That's kind of what I, what usually barrel comes in at, unless they're not a bourbon and just a whiskey, then they usually put in some light whiskey and they get higher. Oh. Yeah. But it's tasty. It's yummy. Um, I, th- I think I like our single barrel better. Um, but it's also 30 bucks more than this batch. So take that for what you will. Yeah. And then, uh, I think you, you guys just got in more of the Armida, mm-hmm. right? That's going to be retired soon. Yeah. So they said the Armida is going to just become like a, a seasonal thing. Um, I think after we're, we're, it's, if you really like it, you should, you know, buy some to drink. Um, but I think they're going to like every fall just come out with a little bit of the Armida. Um, and we should have it in stock for at least the next couple of weeks. The the distributor said they just got the last shipment of it, um, but they got a, a good amount. So, um, it should be, should be available, but shortly it'll go away as just a seasonal, Type of release. Yeah, I think we did. Well, our we did barrel. Episode two, oh, yeah. I think, and we tasted like four mm-hmm. different ones. Uh, and Armida was one of them. Um, and uh, I just remember it being like very heavy in like the finishes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, um, uh... it's it's several different wine yeah and, uh, it's it's like apple like brandy sicilian amaro um so i think uh I'm, I'm a big fan of like dovetail seagrass armida i think there's a time and place for each of those and those are also whiskeys where the first time mm-hmm. i tried them i wasn't crazy for them and as i kept going back to them i've liked them more and more um i think they're just mm-hmm. excellent examples of how to really really finish a whiskey well where you still taste the whiskey, but obviously there's some kind of other component there. Um, and they just, for me, they just leave me craving a little bit more and more after each sip. 
Um, and I think I would rank them Seagrass, Dovetail, and then Armida. But I think they're all very, very close. And like I said, time and place for each one. I think the fall is kind of a perfect time for the Armida because you get a little bit of a little bit of like anise flavors in there. Um, and it's not as bright as the seagrass and dovetail. Yeah. I, seagrass is probably my favorite of their like mm-hmm. finished line. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, everybody, I think at this point knows that I love rye. Um, so th- that that's like one of my, one of my favorite barrel products. Uh, besides I mean, their, their regular batches are all always excellent. So yeah. Good start to the day. I love recording in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sets up for a perfect day ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got uh, my decks finally done. Nice. Gonna get the, got the grills out there oh, this nice. morning. So, yeah, hopefully get to grill for the first time. Grill and uh, enjoy some whiskey out <laughs> on that new deck. Make all that hard work. I'm making, uh, yeah. I'm making homemade pizzas today, so I made the dough this morning and... Uh, hopefully it will yeah it should be a beautiful day out hang out and get some pizzas going on the little uni Mm -hmm. thanks all right well i i don't have anything left to say i don't really have anything (laughs) um yeah i mean there would have been more arguing and debating if dan was here so the episode would have probably went double the length but i don't think it's uh it's not a bad thing to (laughs) throw in a shorter episode here or there. Yeah. Um, any events coming up that you want to um, next week or two weeks from now we have new Lou, but that's sold out. Um, and then the week after that uh, we have Breckenridge distillery um, and there is still mm-hmm. about 15 to 20 spots left for that one. Um, but that should be a fun one. Um, especially, I mean, if you're, if you're super into whiskey, um, you know, it's a, it's a cool distillery to learn more about. They're all about blending to kind of create a smooth, but flavorful whiskey. So a lot of their stuff is lower proof. Um, if you have a buddy who's kind of just getting into whiskey or you yourself are just dipping your toes, that's a perfect, um, you know, gateway into, into whiskey, um, Breckenridge. So Come on to that one if you uh, if you want, and uh, are you going to be there for that one? Yeah, yeah, cool. I'll be there for. And then and I think we. I don't know. Are we going to do a Bourbon Matters blind this month? Uh, I think are we, we are. Uh, <laughs> on the, I was going to ask you about that. You said the, so we should finalize that the twenty third. I think yeah, we said the twenty third. Okay. Are you still? I'm still good to go with that. If you're still good to go, okay. Yep. I will. Uh, this episode will air on Monday or on Sunday, and I will probably post about this event on Monday. So if you're listening to this on Sunday, make sure you check our events on Monday and sign up for that. But that should be fun. Um, a blind tasting sponsored by, I guess you could say, Bourbon Matters, and uh, gonna go through some of Jake's selections and picks for the lineup uh so that should be a lot of fun get a new 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 yeah. perspective in there um so yeah yeah everything's gonna come from my collection and i'm gonna be throwing in some curveballs and some interesting things so uh, i think it'll be a lot Very of fun nice. yeah looking forward to it 
Um, sweet. So yeah, goldeaglewine.com. Right. Um, you can go to our events page there or download our app on the uh, Apple App Store or Google Play Store and um, sign up right on the app as well. Um, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Gold Eagle Wine and follow us on Facebook at Gold Eagle Spirits. And Jake will go ahead and plug Bourbon Matters. Yep. You can find us at Bourbon Matters on Instagram and Facebook. Um, watch us on YouTube and Spotify, and you can also listen on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. So uh, we'll see you next week. See you. Have a good one. Cheers, Cheers. everybody. <laughs>